Jeff, that was fun. Thanks for letting me talk to those people. I, Walker, you did an amazing job. I, I try. I'm passionate about what I do. What can I say? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for staying with us the whole time. We are here live in the Bloggers Cafe and Ooh. having a great time here. Um, it's died down just a little bit here. I guess people are getting hungry. It's lunchtime. And they're going out to lunch, but we still have some amazing people here. And, um, you know, on Sunday nights, about a year ago, we kind of said, we're not doing very much. And uh, there was nothing on the, sh- on the scene. And at that point in time, my wife and I were not watching Once Upon a Time. <laughs> and so we came up with this idea of putting together some of the world's top educators and putting them on a podcast. What happened? Those people were busy. <laughs> oh, I see. And so then we went and found the next level of people. They were also busy. They, they were very busy. They, they absolutely said no, not like, on a Sunday no, night. No, I'm watching Game of Thrones then. Right. And so we went to the next level, and then finally we said, why don't we just do it ourselves? It turned out to be much easier to schedule that way. It is true. So I, I, I want to just say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tech Educator Podcast Live. Thank you guys for being here. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Jeff Herb. Sam Patterson, Ed Wakapatui. And we want to also give a big shout out to our other co-host, Mr. Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech Podcast, who's out there manning the hashtags, doing a great job. And I guess, should we introduce our honorary co-host, Craig Yen, is out there also manning the hashtags. Excellent. Right, right. Craig Yen, pulling in the peanut gallery. Thanks, Craig. Well, we we even have Peggy George in the audience. And we have Peggy George here. uh, So we have to put out as many links as possible here so Peggy can back channel. I've already got links going out. She can check them, yep. It's perfect. So I wanted to bring you guys on here because, you know, we are live we from are. ISTE, and we kind of realized that we have never actually been behind the same table. So uh, Yeah, this selfie. is the first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we will put that one together. Cover art for the website right yeah. there, that, right? That, right there. Nessie, that's the bumper right there. Go Boom. back and track and do bumper all that made. stuff. But, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about projects that, to help kids express themselves and and as a podcaster this is all about creating digital content for the use of art expression trying to get our messages out there sam let me bring you in you do some work with podcasting and with creating digital media why is it important for teachers to know how to create digital media such as this i'm asking sam oh okay um digital media is what our kids learn it's what our kids read. It's what our kids interact with. And several years ago when I started my Connected Educator journey, I said, you know what? If I have to crawl in through their earbuds to get to them, I'm good with that. I can do that. That's not too much to ask of me. I just have to figure out how it works. So then I started my own journey of learning to create digital content. And, you know, it did, it's not perfect. But once you make enough pieces, you really start dialing it in. And what I found was as soon as I started creating digital content my kids expected that I was going to teach them how to do that. So if I put a blog post in front of them, eventually they said, well, when are we going to learn to blog? If I was screencasting, they said, hey, I want to make something with a screencast because I want to do that kind of work. Um, and I found that my first love was teaching English because writing, learning to write changed my life. I made a real text that went out into the world, connected with an audience, and that's exactly what digital media can do. And we can help kids find what they have to share with the world by giving them the tools to create a message, giving them the tools to find an audience, and then giving them a safe way to interact with that audience. But is it creating the videos for yourself, or are you creating the videos for an audience? I mean, for instance, last night we were talking, and you said, like, the videos that you have with the most hits are just 
how to put a puppet together, right. which, which is, is clearly for for audience. a real audience, and that's an audience that has found me. Like I created those videos initially to flip my puppet club because we could only meet 40 minutes a week, and that's not enough time to build a puppet unless it's made out of a paper bag. But we were going for some higher end production value, so we were really looking at complex puppet construction, and that challenged me to create the tools that my kids needed in order to do that at home. And that's exactly right. I mean, it's a perfect segue. I was just at a keynote. Jamie uh, Kasep was the one that was talking, and it's exactly what he was talking about. He asked us a question, you know, the kids today, if they wanted to learn how to do something, how are they going to do it? YouTube. Not, that's exactly yeah, what everyone totally. in the audience said. And they're not going to wait for us to teach them how to do anything anymore. If you're not going to teach me to rainbow loom, I'm going to learn from some stranger on the internet. That's exactly right. And so I think what you're saying, Sam, is exactly right, that we need to be on the forefront putting these resources out for students to be able to get that information and know what they need in order to be successful. And, you know, we're, we're creating digital leaders. We're not just creating digital consumers. We need to also know how to get them creating and leading in the digital realm as opposed to just being a sponge of information. Now, there's a lot of people that we work with during the day that aren't comfortable being those digital leaders themselves, yet they're leading a bunch of kids who were expecting to be digital leaders. Mm -hmm. As an administrator, how do you convince those teachers, no, this is really what needs to happen? I think a lot of it is just making sure that they feel supported throughout the process. You can't say, all right, go make a YouTube video about this. Best of luck to you. I think you really need to be able to be you know, in their classrooms with them, finding out exactly what they want to accomplish in their classroom curricularly, and then take it a step at a time and say, all right, let's break out a camera. Let me, let me record you doing what it is that you want to put on to YouTube. If you're working with them throughout the whole process, it takes that edge of, I'm going to screw this up by myself, out of it, because they know they have a support system. Well, well tell us a little bit about your background here, Jeff. How did you start? I mean, you do instructional tech talk, mm -hmm. which is these, these great podcast videos, etc. and you had to have had... You know, Project Zero, Project yeah, Beta. Right. What was that like? And, you know, blank slate, go. Well, it's kind of funny because I think it really was born out of starting to go to ed tech conferences in just the northwest suburbs of Chicago. I mean, you start going to these conferences and you kind of start hearing the good and the bad. You mm -hmm. hear the people that are really dynamic and the ones that have really started getting educational technology and understanding how it influences the classroom. But then you also see the ones that they're kind of stuck in just pushing technology into the classroom and doing the same things. Hey, I put all my textbooks on an iPad and figured out how to force my kids to read it. And I've got this really complicated behavior management system that sends everything they've done wrong home to their parents. That's exactly. And that's so frustrating. Whoops. And so I think that, that my whole part was born out of the idea that I want to make sure that the information that's going out there is information that helps move education forward as opposed to just keeping it the same but on a different medium. You know, what this guy talks about all the time is that whole technology invites a decision mm -hmm. and really working hard to make sure that you're making a decision that empowers kids. Right. That's exactly right. Now, these decisions sometimes are met with uh, smiles, and these decisions yeah. sometimes are met by what do you mean you're going to make a podcast in your class? Why would you right. do that? How do we get over that? Well, I think it's not being offended by those questions. You can't get immediately shut down when somebody asks that question because I'm not, I mean, the majority of the people that are in a building don't necessarily, aren't necessarily against the idea. They just don't understand it. It's still pretty new in the fact that it's 
permeating its way through different classrooms, but not everyone's going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. You should do a podcast in your classroom. They're going to be like, why? Why is that beneficial? How does that help? And I think that being able to answer them and keep a cool head and not let it just be a total shutdown for you, I think is really important. So knowing that people don't understand that part is is really a learning experience. And what I've found is that any questions that people in my building have, people outside my building are going to have also. So if my administrator asks me, you want to do a podcast with your students or you want to blog with your students, why do you want to do that? It's actually kind of my responsibility to talk to that administrator and give them the language mm -hmm. that's going to answer that question because they're going to get asked that same question by parents and the parents might not approach it with as open a mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I keep going back to what I just heard by, uh, I forgot his name, <laughs> Jamie, sorry. Uh, he had this amazing quote that I think is just phenomenal. My greatest fear is that we are using technology to make bad education faster. And it's so true. We need to make sure that, you know, if we're using Google Apps, it's not that we're just word processing our research papers. We're using it in a way that collaboration is the new normal and collaboration is the way that we're moving together as a group. So um, I just think making sure that the steps along the way include the support structures of administrators, teachers, students, get everyone together and have those conversations so no one's left out in the dark and not understanding what's happening in the classroom. I think the concept of bad education faster is so true because there's yeah. a lot of things that are not quality Right. yet are still popping up on the internet. Walker, you're making videos for ISTE, aren't you? I am. I've... Oh, hey, I see what you did there. I was just going to share that I just launched my own website, mickeducation.com, and our slogan is actually making bad education faster. I, we've already got some angel grant funding and um, actually an international contract or two. Oh. Right, this progressive education thing, it turns out, it's, no, I'm it's just not it's batch at. processing, move fast, MoBeta test scores. I used to talk <laughs> about MoBeta blooms, but now I'm all about MoBeta test scores. <laughs> and oh, with that, that with good. that segue, sometimes technology has to be expensive. Sure. And sometimes technology isn't about money at all. It's just about finding the right resources. Uh, Sam, I, I do, do really want to bring up some of the great work that you're doing there for ISTE as a vlogger. Yeah. Now, in a few hours, we're going to be teaching people how to make puppets. And, you know, you look at, like, a character like Waka, he's kind of you know interesting looking but in order to do something like that it really just takes a marker and a paper bag and if you're lucky a pair of scissors talk to us about how easy is it is to what, get kids to be uh, creative is that what walk is made out of uh, no but i've got friends that are made that's that way. sugar and spice and a few other things no no Everything um, nice. what's nice is that like in this day and age there's a lot of schools that are going to maker spaces mm -hmm. and talking about innovation and design and the focus there ends up often being on 3d printers and laser cutters and you know, things to shoot pictures at the moon or whatever. But a lot of the makerspaces I've visited actually do a lot of textile work and they have sewing machines. And it's really about getting students in touch with the fact that they can design something, they can create it and bring it into the world. And puppets are a really great opportunity to do that because even, well, the most complicated puppets are really, really complicated, but even the most complicated puppets I make generally aren't that complex at all. It's basically a mouth somehow attached to a body. <laughs> if the edge triplets were that easy. 
Because if, if I noticed you, right. you didn't say a behind. No, there, there is, right. There's no diapering, <laughs> there, there's changing, no. <laughs> feeding, the internal structure. You really should have talked to me beforehand. I, 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 and you can do those on a, on a multiple level if needed. Right, and you can make like one orange, one pink, one blue. They're really easy to keep straight. Can you make oh, them fit a very tiny point. hand just in case? You can, and actually it's funny. Like One of the reasons I started making puppets was I realized I could use puppets in my video production, but I'm not sure why. But most puppets you find in the store are very small. Yeah. Like, my hand won't fit inside of those puppets, and I don't understand why anyone would do that. Some people told me that it was because puppets were for, like, children. But I don't know why children would be teaching a class. Well, I've, I've got this project at home. It's like a makerspace, but basically, once the kids start crawling, I'm just going to put a trash can over them, and I'm going to make, like, the R2-D2 noises. Oh, there you go. I like that. I That's like very that. nice. Great idea. One of the things at ISTE is all the surprises that you see. I mean, looking around here at the Bloggers Cafe, the millions of people here at the Bloggers Cafe. Sam, don't talk. That was good. Crowd roar. You you never know what you run into. You never know the surprises that you get. And 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 Sam surprised me earlier with a few things. And Jeff, you you had a you had a surprise, didn't you? Oh well, what are you referring to? I I. I well, I, I, <laughs> I knew my, I'd catch him up there. My, my my mic is muted right now, and it was it was my intention about a month ago when I started missing some uh, episodes uh, to share some news that would have been rather shocking for people. But uh, my wife is due in a month, which is pretty crazy. So I've been high mi- five. Yeah, I was thinking about ways to tell you guys, and I was almost just going to bring on the baby at one point onto the show because I thought that that would be kind of fun and you guys would be like, what? what? Herb's been stealing yeah. children. <laughs> but uh, so, I figured in person it's always a good way to share news like that, so pretty exciting. Well, we're, we are exciting. in person right now. Um, the, the question's coming in from, uh, from the edge. Only one. Only one. Yep. Okay. Confirmed. Ultrasound confirmed. Well... You know, sometimes they can hide behind each that. other in yeah, that I've, ultrasound, I've, right? I've, have you seen Oprah? Yeah. It's, but but seriously, let's get uh, you know just just it, it's good to see you guys. It's yep. it's good to have here. Please, if you're if, if you're free at Sunday nights, check us out. We have a huge lineup on TeacherCast. Seven o'clock, we have the Tech Educator podcast on Sundays, and our new time, eight fifteen, right after us, is Principal Cast for the summertime. So uh, professional development doesn't end at teachercast.net. Uh, please check us out our new site. We are going to wrap up a little bit early because uh, it's lunchtime for us here. But uh, guys, it's so That's nice to be here. And uh, I want so to say on camera, thank you for you. all the yes. support here. Thank you. And uh, if you had one thing to reach out there and say to my wife, who's watching right now, Jeff? Wish you were here. I hope that babies are doing well and uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you soon. Um, the last check for keeping an eye on your husband bounced, <laughs> and we need to talk about that. It must be sizable. <laughs> it's like, it a, does, it's it's like a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back live 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, and uh, we are looking so forward to tomorrow's guest. Who do we have on tomorrow? It's Monday. We are starting off Monday, with, Monday, Monday. with the Edu Slam podcast girls, Tanya Boom. Avarith and Holly Clark. And Tanya, by the way, did an amazing uh, 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 Ignite, Ignite session, session yesterday. Then we have EdTech Women, the women of EdTech coming up. And then at 10 o'clock, I believe we're going to be talking to the cool cat teacher. Oh, nice. Vicki Davis is coming That'll on to talk about her, her podcasting, her blogging.
blogging, her booking, her SmackDown, everything that's going on. That's At exciting. 10.30, we're going to talk about global education with Billy Krakauer and Paula Nagel. And uh, we are going to wrap it up with the EdTech Karaoke. Are you guys going to do EdTech Karaoke, Jeff? I do believe so, yes. Y- you have to do EdTech. Can't go wrong. Walker, are you going to get up and uh, bust a move? He usually makes me stop singing, but if you can distract him, I will totally. I'm thinking like maybe some iced tea. I can I can really karaoke to some iced tea. And then at eleven o'clock, we're going to be talking about some of the latest tech for your podcast and your your classroom from uh, the best from Hewlett Packard. So uh, check us out tomorrow, guys. We are live. We want to give a big shout out to Mr. Chris Nessie for helping us out with all the graphic work. We love you, Chris. And I know you guys are still out there watching. I want to give a big shout out to our hosts for this week, EduBlogs. Um, I know you guys are big WordPress people. EduBlogs is an amazing WordPress yes, website. Check them out. Uh, you know, three and a half million teachers can't go wrong. And uh, Like WordPress. You can do it alone, but why would you? Right. That's exactly a good way to say it. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>